0: our heads for prayer. Father in heaven, as we gather this evening in the midst of this Lenten season, we pray once again that you would help us to focus our eyes on you, and that we would reflect upon our lives and where we're at in our walk with you. Lord, we pray, remind us that you are always there. That in the midst of our struggles and our heartaches, you are there. That you never leave us nor forsake us. Encourage us by your word to be strengthened and to live each day according to your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, as we through the Lenten season, you'll recall that our theme is Thy will be done. And we're looking at different aspects of that phrase, Thy will be done. This evening, we look at our own inadequacies. We're going to do it this evening through the guise of Moses. love this picture of Moses. It's probably... One of the more famous poses. In fact, this very pose is reenacted in the movie, The Ten Commandments, by Charles Heston. I almost put that picture up there, but I just couldn't quite do that. Have any of you ever been asked to do something and when you're asked or invited to do it, your first thought is, I can't do this. I don't have the skills to do it, I'm unable, I'm inadequate, it's not for me, it's out of my talent area, I can't do it. Anybody ever felt that? Probably all of us at some time or another in our lives. And here is this great hero of the Bible who's no different. We know the story of Moses, how he's raised in Egypt um, because he was found in the waters of the Nile. Raised to be a prince of Egypt and later he murders an Egyptian and he runs away for fear of his life. He runs into an area called Midian and there in Midian he becomes a sheepherder for his father-in-law and one day he's out herding his sheep and he sees a bush that appears to be on fire on the side of the mountain and he turns aside to see the bush because it's not being consumed. We know the story. As he approaches the bush, he's called out by name, Moses, Moses, take off your sandals for the ground upon which you stand is holy ground. Now, I don't know about you, but if I saw a bush on fire and all of a sudden it calls out my name, I'm not sticking around to hear what the next words are. I'm running, right? But God apparently has Moses in his hands and Moses takes off his sandals and as he's talking with God, God says, Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt and I want you to go to Pharaoh and I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go from their 400 years of bondage. I've heard their cry and I want you to go free them from Egypt. Imagine what's running through Moses' mind. Uh, I can't do this. First of all, if I go back to Egypt, there's a price on my head. Second of all, they're not going to listen to me. Third of all, I just feel like I'm really not up to this task. I can't even speak very well. Send someone else. Isn't that a common phrase in the life of the church? Let someone else do it. We're pretty good at saying that at times. We have our own schedules, our own lives, our own way of doing things kind of planned out. And all of a sudden, you know, when we're asked to do something, we go, it just doesn't really fit. And so we look at ourselves and we say, I-, "I can't do that. I'm kind of inadequate in the first place and I just I don't have the time. And kind of like Jonah, I don't want to go to Nineveh. So we run away. But for every one of Moses' excuses, God says, Moses, I'm going to take care of that. I am going to be with you when you go to Egypt. You're not going by yourself. But we know what happens. Especially if we've watched the movie with Charlton Heston. We know what happens. Moses goes to Egypt. He leads the people out of Egypt. And then they find themselves out in the wilderness. And they're grumbling and complaining to Moses and Aaron. The people are saying, why would you bring us out into this wilderness? We were living in a place that was pretty nice and pretty green and pretty lush. And now we're in this desert and there's nothing to eat and not even any water. And we and our cattle are going to die. Moses and Aaron leave the assembly and they go and they bow down before the Lord. The glory of the Lord comes upon them and he tells them, get up and go and I want you to say to the people about my holiness and who I am and strike the rock and water will flow forth. And Moses goes and does this. But after he does it, did you notice that the Lord comes down pretty hard on Moses? He says, "Moses, because of your failure, you are not going to enter into the promised land." And we read the text and you we go, "Well, where did Moses fail here?" Did you catch it? Or the end of the reading? He failed in teaching the people and declaring to the people the holiness and the almightiness of God Himself. He didn't say to them, God didn't bring you out here to die. God chose you as His people and He's leading you from Egypt to the promised land. And God has promised to take care of you. None of that. How many of us are guilty of that, of not proclaiming and declaring God to those around us in our lives and reminding them that God has a purpose for their lives? Instead, we behave much like the Israelites, groaning and complaining, why doesn't God do this or why doesn't God do that or I wish God would do this or I wish God would do that. Our own inadequacies, our own sins, sometimes drive us to the very brink of rebellion against God because we really don't want to live by His will, we want to do it by ours. We really don't want to listen to what He has to say, we just want to do it our way. Later in that wilderness wandering, people are still grumbling and complaining against God, complaining about the food, and they're even detesting the food that God has provided, the manna from heaven. And God sends fiery, poisonous, venomous serpents to begin biting them, and they're dying. And they come to Moses and and they said, we we recognize our sinfulness. Would you pray to God to take the snakes away? Isn't it interesting that when bad things happen, sometimes we come to repentance? Moses goes to God and prays. But God doesn't answer the prayer the, the way the people want it to be answered. He doesn't follow their will. They want the snakes to be gone. He follows his will and says, no, I'm going to do it my way. And he instructs Moses to, to put up a, a serpent, a bronze serpent high in the sky, so that anybody who's bitten, so that anybody who's afflicted by, by their own disobedience can still look to God and be saved. That they can remember the promises of God that He is their God and they are His people. And even when they wander away in their own inadequacies, in their own sinfulness, that God still loves them and provides for them. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whoever believes in Him shall not perish. But have everlasting life. That was his will. It was his, his will, as we heard last week, to let his word be heard loudly. I think I need to put a new microphone on. This one seems to be shorting out. It was his will to send Jesus into this world to suffer in our place. God knows our weaknesses, our inadequacies. He knows our stubbornness. He knows the challenges we face every day, the hurts, the pains, and the joys and the sorrows. He knows our lives. But just like He was with the children of Israel through the wilderness, a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, just He was there to, with, with Moses acting on His behalf to open up the rock to pour out the water. He's there for us. He points us to the cross where we remember that we have a Savior who suffered and died in our place for our sins and for our salvation. And the thing is, as God calls us to to live for Him in this world, as God calls us to serve Him in the very tasks that He puts before us, He challenges us. For the temptation is there for us to say, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I don't have the talents. I don't have the abilities. I can't do it. And God says, I made you. I formed you. I've called you by name to be mine. And if I call you to it, I will give you the abilities and the resources to do it. You're not in this alone. Trust me and walk in my will. For my will will be done. Trust me. We pray it. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His will on earth is done through you and through me. He accomplishes His tasks through ordinary people like Moses and like us. When you get down to it, there was nothing extraordinary about Moses. Somehow we think he was this superhuman. But he was just like us. And God used him in mighty ways to do mighty things as a witness to the world and to his own people. And it's the same today. God uses us to do mighty things as a witness to the world and to his people. May we follow his will. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God which passes all of our human understanding keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus into life everlasting. Amen.